Good morning. <laughs> good afternoon. Now it's afternoon. Good afternoon. Turn to your neighbor and say, you look good this afternoon. I'm so glad to be here once again to minister God's Word to you. As usual, let me just share with you uh, a starter. You know, what happens is this, after preaching uh, an Easter message on being resurrected uh, for the army of God, the pastor, there's this pastor, he closed in prayer and then went to the door to shake the congregation member's hand. So James, one of the congregation members, uh, he was leaving church uh, after that service. And then the pastor uh, extend his hand to shake James' hand. And then the pastor say to James, James, it is time for you to be in the army of the Lord. We need you to be here every Sunday. Then James reply and say that I'm already in the army of the Lord, pastor. And then the pastor turned to James again and say, then why do I only see you on Easter and Christmas? And James looked to the right and to the left, very secretive, leaned over to the pastor's ear and said that, well, pastor, I'm in secret service. I'm a secret agent Christian and I cannot be spotted by anyone every day. Secret agent Christian. This morning, uh, this afternoon, I was given this uh, topic on a Christian in action based on the text in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. As I begin to reflect on the text and also on the topic, I believe God has a challenge for all of us this afternoon regarding how we are supposed to be Christian in action and how we are not supposed to be secret agent Christian. Turn to your neighbor and ask, are you a secret agent Christian? Some of you are giggling, you know. <laughs> I think believers are not supposed to be secret agent in the world, especially in their workplace, in their school, in their homes. In fact, by the way we conduct ourselves, by the way we respond, by the way we speak, those around us uh, should at least notice that we are different from the rest. Or those around us that knows about Christian values and how Christians are supposed to respond, they would at least suspect hey, that maybe this guy or this, this person is a believer, is a Christian, is, a, is, a, is put his or her faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, sometimes it is so true that in situations, circumstances, the way we respond as believers of Jesus Christ does make a difference. People will notice us. Uh, I'm going to show you the next slide. And I mean, can, I mean, how many of you are familiar with this? Can I have a show of hands? I guess the youngsters, you know, and maybe those young at heart will know about this. What happens is this, that on about October, uh, this guy... You know, he was yelling in the library and uh, uh, spouring all those uh, vulgarity uh, and at another library user. And then uh, this person was challenging that person into a fight. How many of you actually watched that clip? 
can I have a show of hands so that I know that I'm not talking to people that don't know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? So this guy, as he was exploding, responding to uh, maybe some provocation from another guy, he was, he was like scolding him and he was shouting this phrase that, well, I am a commando, special force, counter-terrorist, plain clothes, uh, some, some, somebody. And as I saw that clip, I was actually uh, laughing because uh, how many of you actually laughed when you, when you saw that clip? How many of you don't know what I'm talking about? Okay, someone, oh, so many. Okay, you're going to go to Storm and watch this. What happens was really this, uh, that as he uh, sort of uh, declared that phrase that I'm a commando, special force, counter-terrorist, uh, plain clothes, policeman or something like this, I was laughing because myself, I was in, in the commandos. And, and so far, I have never heard that there's such operation, you know, that's going on. So I was laughing, this must be a joker or just, you know, uh, whatever. And, and then somebody from that clip uh, wrote to the, uh, I think, uh, the NS, the Army Department, to check whether this guy really belonged to this this special force, you know, and the, and the army reply and say, uh, thank you for your concern. We have identified this person in question and wish to clarify that he's not a member of the SAF, nor has he served in the commandos. He currently has no NS liability. Even the army doesn't want to acknowledge him. I, I, I guess he has lost it somewhere, you know, uh, and the sad thing is this, uh, as you know that multimedia, social media and things like this, someone actually tracked him down and see that who is really this person and the sad news is this, that he actually came from a church, uh, thank God he's not here, uh, he doesn't come from here, maybe you know this guy, maybe he came from uh, one of the church, I'm not to mention that but I think it's really sad. He has lost it. By the way that he responds, I, I can see some of the feedback. Some say, hey, oh, how come this Christian respond like this? Uh, how come this person from this church is responding like this? I guess the point is this. When the world looks, as a, look, look, look at us, when they see how we respond, I mean, they take notice, especially if you bear the name of Jesus Christ, especially you call yourself a Christian. And I think that as believers of Jesus Christ, there's certain things that we need to take note of. There's replication by the acts that we uh, do or we have done. We are recognized by our works and our word. The world is looking at us. So we need to really be very careful, especially for those that are using uh, social media like Facebook and Twitter. Twitter may be a little bit safe uh, because you only select a, 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 a group, you know, there's some, some exclusivity in, in Twitter. But Facebook especially, the world will look at you. Sometimes I'm really shocked by uh, the posting of some believers uh, when they uh, type some vulgarity over Facebook. And I, and I think that, uh, hello? You are a believer and the world is watching you. I mean, your friends may think that you are cool, but I don't think Jesus 
thinks that you are cool if you put all those words in Facebook. At least, I think you are not cool because your vocab is so poor that you can't clearly express yourself. I, I, I want to make a point here. As believers, we are recognized by our word, by our works, by our acts, by our conduct. That's why we need to really be very careful when we come to this topic on the believer, the Christian in action. People will look at us, the world will look at us, and when they see that we are doing acts that are contrary to what a believer is supposed to do, there will be a lot of negative feedback. So the question for us this afternoon is this, as believers, how should we react? What are some actions that we need to do, especially under pressure? And we want to look at the Thessalonians believer and learn from them. How they, the Thessalonian uh, as believer, comes in action and how we today in Singapore or where we are supposed to react according to what the world what, what the Word of God said we're supposed to react. Shall we just pray and ask the Lord to help us in this moment, even as we go into the text? Father, we thank You again that Your presence is here. We thank You today that You will speak to us, that even as we explore this topic and according to the text of First Thessalonians, that God, you're going to speak to us, minister to us, challenge us, even in our daily living, our lifestyle for you. Lord, that we will react. We will live the life that you want us to live, that truly we can be believers, authentic believers of Jesus Christ, in action for you. So today I pray, let your word go forth, challenge us, speak to us, minister to us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's turn to the Bible and look at First Thessalonians chapter 1. And we're going to look from the example of the Thessalonians, how they react, what are their quote-unquote actions uh, as, as they respond to, to the gospel and as they respond to the world. I guess as believers of Jesus Christ, did it went off just now? Did you notice that? Anyway, as believers from the Thessalonians, we, we saw in their life that they bear fruits that results from their faith, their love, their hope in Jesus Christ. In First Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 1 to 3, uh, it reads this, Paul and Silas and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians in God, the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace. Paul writing, say this, We give thanks to God always for all of you, making mention of you in our prayers constantly bearing in mind your work of faith, labor of love, steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the presence of our God and Father. Let me give you a little bit on the background in writing as I go. And as we 
Today, I'm going to share with you just two points. This is the first point. The first point about the Thessalonians is this, that they bear fruits from their faith, their love, and their hope in Jesus Christ. In, in writing, in, in this background of Paul's writing to this group of Christians, if you can cross-reference to Acts chapter 17, you will realize what is happening in the background. What happens is this. Let me just uh, click everything and... I don't think the back will be able to see what's going on. Okay, background is this. In Acts chapter 17, Paul and Silas uh, left Thessalonica, and then they went about uh, 65 kilometers west uh, from this uh, highway to Berlin. There they ministered for a short time until uh, the Thessalonian Jews after hearing that Paul was also uh, preaching in Berlin, they tracked him down. They went down to Berlin and stir up the crowd and tried to stir trouble for Paul and try to persecute Paul. Then what happens was this, Paul began to make his way south to Athens and while Silas and Timothy remained in Berlin. In this whole episode, uh, what happens next was this, Paul sent a message to uh, Timothy and Silas as soon as he reached his next destination. He asked them to join them in his way. But while they come to Paul, Paul was also like thinking quite a lot for the Thessalonians because what happens was this, he was heavily persecuted in that city and he's afraid that while he, uh, as he left the city and he's away, that the persecutor will also persecute the Thessalonians, which according to uh, history, they did. So what happens was this, in this whole episode, uh, when Timothy uh, came to Paul, Paul told Timothy, Timothy, I'm really very con uh, concerned about what's happening in Thessalonians, especially for the believers. Can you go to them and check out their conditions, see how they are doing, encourage them if they are having some problems. So Timothy went to minister to the Thessalonica uh, Christian while Paul continued his next journey. Then finally in Korean, uh, Timothy came back to Paul and reported to him the news about what is happening in Thessalonians, what is happening to the Christian over there. And it is with that uh, background, after hearing the news about what is happening to the Thessalonians, that Paul wrote the first few verses and, and give thanks to God for what is happening, their work of faith, their labor of love, and their steadfastness of hope. In some versions says endurance, some versions says uh, patience. You know, in this whole thing, while when, when Timothy comes to Paul and says, hey, this is what is happening to the Christian over there, Paul begins to think, and Paul began to analyze and say that, hey, I think from the way Timothy is reporting to me, they are bearing fruit. They are having some uh, Christian uh, formation form in them. They are really showing forth that they are real, authentic Christian in action from all the information that he has gathered from Timothy. And I think it's so true also because as I thought about that, I, 
often uh, play this game with my daughter, and, and I just want to test you out, okay? I, uh, in the car, I would often ask my daughter uh, some questions, and then she will reply with me the answer to that question. And sometimes I will play with her this uh, fruit game, uh, not, the, not the cutting one in the iPad or the Android, okay? The fruit game where I will uh, give, him, uh, give her some description. She's five years old. Uh, give her some description. And then she's going to give me that answer. And I'm going to test you, okay? And I'm, I'm going to test you one real hard one because this is something uh, that in reverse she asked me and I can't give the answer. Uh, five-year-old now, uh, they are quite smart, okay? So think like a five-year-old. Are you ready for this game? I'll give you some clue. This is from my girl, almost the exact word. She will say this, this kind of fruit is green on the outside. It has torn. Inside the fruit, there's many seeds. Can you guess what fruit is that? What's the fruit? Durian. Oh, no, not durian. That's what I guess. So then she began to give me some... I said, how come it's not durian? It's durian. Well, because uh, that day bef before we add some durian, so I thought it's... And she continued to say, it's very creamy in the inside. It's white color in the inside. That's a, it's durian. Well, are, you, are you sure that that thing is durian, you know, dear? And he said, no, 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 not durian. Durian is very smelly. This one is not smelly. So she continued and said, the seed is black in color. Then said, yeah, durian seed is not black in color. And the correct answer is, how come you're so clever, ah, soursop? I, I just can't get the answer until she revealed to me. The point is this. In this whole exercise, when we begin to gather all this information, when we say that, hey, I have eaten this fruit before, I have tasted it, I have seen it before, I think likewise, that is what is going on in Paul's mind. He knows what a real Christian is supposed to behave. He knows and he experiences, he himself is an example to how a believer should behave. And he gathered all this information, he understand it and, and say, yeah, Timothy, they are bearing fruit, they are having characteristic as, a, as an authentic believer, they are really true, authentic believer, Christian in the Lord Jesus Christ. And he wrote and he gave thanks and said, I thank God for all that you are doing. And verse 3 is something that I want to uh, go on to challenge all of us this afternoon. As we go into this topic about how a Christian is supposed to be in action, the challenge is this, that we need to let the fruits arise from our faith, uh, the works of faith. We need to let fruits arise from our love for one another, for God. That's the labor of love. And we need to have the fruits resulting from our hope in Jesus Christ. That is steadfastness or some version called patience or endurance. In fact, if you read Paul's epistle, uh, often he would use these three uh, qualities, love, hope, 
and faith. Uh, remember in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13, he said, abide in these three things, and the greatest is love. Paul remembered their fruits, remembered their work, their labor, their patience, steadfastness, and he gave thanks to God for them. Today, we want to see how this applies to us. Are we on par with them? Are we imitating the, the uh, Thessalonian Christian? Are we imitating the Lord in all this area? How is our quote-unquote love life, our faith life, our hope life in the Lord? I want to talk first on this work of faith. When we look at this phrase, work of faith, the Thessalonian Christians, they are bearing uh, fruits in this work of faith. They have good works because they have faith. Good works done because of their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, faith is always in action. A faith without works is dead. Now, I'm so glad that as uh, you guys are involved in the community outreach, impacting people, this is example of faith in action. The Bible mentioned that it's natural for us to do good works because of our faith. And if we are not doing anything, if we are passive, then there's something wrong with our faith. You know, we need to do works of faith because it pleases God. When I'm referring to works of faith, that output, that fruits that result from faith, it may be serving someone it may be tithing, it may be giving to someone in need, giving to an organization of which the challenge is going to come in the coming weeks for, for the Philippines, the victim of the typhoon. It may be praying for them, God stirring your heart to pray for them. And when God stir your heart, the moment you say, Lord, I'm not going to pray, then it becomes dead works. It's not works that result from faith. It may be evangelizing somebody. It may be even be speaking out against injustice. Like recently, there's this case of the Ashley Madison, the, and also maybe the even earlier case of the 377A. I guess faith will cause us to really do something. I'm so glad that some of my uh, youth leader. Uh, they, were, they were talking to me and say, Pastor, pray for me. Uh, I'm going to write to the PM. I'm going to write to the MP and all this. And I really saw them, you know, writing in the Facebook, directing to the, uh, the Prime Minister. And I'm so glad recently, I think it was a few days ago, they told me, hey, Pastor, the, the PM actually replied to my email, uh, the MP. There's a few group of them, they, they were writing all this and say that as a, as, a, as a citizen of Singapore, we are very concerned of all this. And especially one guy who's going to be married in February. So he used that to say that I'm really very concerned while I'm getting married in February. All this type of nonsense. Uh, of course, he never called all this wrote nonsense in, in the PM to, to the letter to PM. But he, he said that, you know, while I'm getting married, all these things are happening. How can I live in such environment? So he was like voicing out. Um, and by the way, maybe because he's a PhD uh, scholar, you know, so I, I guess he has some way of writing. So anyway, 
his letters and some of their letters was was uh, replied by by the government either by that by the PM uh, office or, or the MP also replying to them. But the fact is this that when we have faith, when we see injustice, when we see something is wrong, faith will cause us to really do something. And I'm asking you also today to examine your faith life. Maybe God is really challenging you to arise from where you are right now to do something for Him. Whether you are young or whether you are old, you can do something as believers for Jesus Christ because He has put faith in your heart. And of course, you can look in your bulletin. That's the announcement session. It is asking you, it is challenging you to put your faith in action, whether in giving or whether it's volunteering yourself for service, it is faith in action. So turn to your neighbour and say, exercise your faith. But beside this, as I did some research, I also found out something very interesting about the Thessalonians uh, that there is going on in the city at that time. During those days, uh, the Thessalonian city, they were under this uh, Romans rule. They have this culture that, that is being inherited from the Romans. They have this structure, social structure, whereby a person has this status of a, a patron, and then another person is a client status, patron, kind, uh, client status. What happens is this, the patron will be like the protector, the sponsor, the benefactor uh, to, to, the, to the client. Then, the, of course, sometimes the client, and most of the time, the client will be of a lower social background needing help, uh, from an inferior social class. So this patron will help and will influence the client uh, to, to lift him or her up in, in that scenario. So what happens here in Thessalonian is this, that the patron will be helping, will be influencing some of the decision that the client has. Maybe if the client wants to run for some uh, campaign, uh, have some business deal, the patron will have the power, the authority to influence it, to help him or help her. But the situation here is this. When Paul is writing about this uh, phrase, work of faith, I believe he is also uh, pointing out this situation that is going on in the Thessalonian Think with me, imagine with me, they, they, they have this patron and client situation going on. Then the gospel came to Thessalonian. Some of them that are client, you know, always receiving. They, they receive the gospel. They say that, yes, I want to believe Jesus. And with that, they continue to retain the client status. Ah, one thing I have to tell you about this client status is this. They don't have to work for a living, some of them. You know, basically, they just have to come to the patron and say, Hey, patron, can I help you do something? And then you give me some money so that for the, for the month, I, I will be able to live com 
comfortably. I will not be able to. I, I will be able to get food. I'm able to enjoy this. So what they really need to do is something like this. They go to the patron and say, "Hey, I help you do some favor. Then in return, you 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 give me some favor. You know, help me in my month's uh, livelihood and all this." What happens in the scenario with the Thessalonian is this: after they become Christian, they continue to say that I want to be continue have this status of client. I don't want to work for the living. What I do is this, I just quote-unquote beg my patron to give me something. I just come to him and say, hey, give me this. I am of a lower status. I need your help. Give me, give me, give me. And they keep on receiving, 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 receiving without doing any work. That's why Paul said this, some of you have really worked of faith. In fact, I'm going to show you the next uh, slide here. In, first, uh, in Second Thessalonians, uh, you can go back and read. I'm not going to go into it. This text shows that Paul, knowing the whole situation there, went to the Thessalonians, stayed in the city, began to work with his own hands to demonstrate faith in action. I worked. By example, I did not get anything from you. Remember the patron-client status? I did not become a client to you and receive anything from you. I used my own hand for a living so that the gospel can advance, not by begging, not by just receiving. I am working it out through my own faith. That's why Paul says this in uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3, I remember some of you, you know, you have faith in action. you got works of faith. And then subsequently, you read the rest of the epistle, you will understand also he's talking about to some Christian, hey Christian, those that are still having that client status, those that are not working, please arise and start working for the gospel sake. So the point I want to make to all of us today is this. You know, every one of us can contribute. We should not be the one just receiving, receiving, receiving and do nothing and allow works to be dead. We need to have faith in action. So if God is challenging you today to do something for Him, do not stay there. Do not just be like the client that receive, receive, and receive, and receive. Do something. Allow faith to be in action. Turn to your neighbor and get, uh, again and say that, you know, faith in action. Are your works that you are doing, are the works that you are doing so far of faith is something that we need to ask ourselves. And also, how about labor of love? There must be fruits that come from our love for God and for one another. And Paul referred this to labor of love. Now, the Thessalonians' labor has been prompted by their love for God and their love for one another. And because of their love, they are willing to labor. In the Greek text, this labor... Uh, this word is a very intense word. It's, it's even more intense than the word uh, works. So Paul is saying that your love produces the labor. You are willing to sacrifice. You are willing to, 
toil for somebody. You are willing even to work and toil to the point of exhaustion because of love. And I guess it's really true that when you truly love someone, if you really love Jesus Christ, you are driven by love. You are willing to sacrifice. And I learned this especially uh, in, in my family with two kids right now. Sometimes when the wife uh, asks you permission and say, dear, can you help to do this? Actually, it's a command. It's not uh, ask you, it's a command. Dear, can you, can you do this? Actually, it's a command. Go and do that. But it's in a nice way. But I learned this, you know, no matter how busy I am, prompted by love, you just need to labor. Yeah, you need to wipe the backside of the kid. You need to do all those. Some of you are laughing. Uh, most of us are not. Wait until it's your turn, okay? Then you will understand. Labor of love. Are you in a situation whereby you need to labor in love for someone else? I think God is also challenging us in this aspect that as we serve Him, as we serve the church, especially if you serve one another, sometimes it's not just works of faith, it is labor of love. Probably someone is going against you, maybe you don't like that person, but because of your love for Christ, love for the family of God, you say, never mind, I am willing to extend my hand, my resources, my time to that person. It is labor of love. How about this? Steadfastness in hope. Steadfastness that's being produced by hope. Some versions say patience. Some versions say endurance. Paul thanked God that for the Thessalonians' uh, perseverance, their, their steadfastness that result from their, their hope in Jesus Christ. Probably uh, in the situation as I described earlier, they are facing a persecution, intense opposition. We even understand that uh, the persecution is so tough, not just for the Thessalonian, but for Paul as he goes to another place. They even follow him to persecute him. Uh, and Paul is saying that I, I remember that in the midst of all this persecution, this opposition that you are facing, you are still standing fast for Jesus Christ because your hope is anchored in the Lord Jesus Christ. You still produce that patience, that endurance to, to do works for our Lord Jesus Christ because you know ultimately Jesus Christ will come back for you. This hope in the Lord Jesus Christ is talking about eventually the Lord will come back for His church. So He's thanking God, commending the Thessalonians, saying that you guys are great, you continue to remain steadfast, you continue to produce patience, endurance, perseverance, because you know that God, Jesus Christ, is going to come back for you, for, and He's going to give you that reward. I'm just wondering also sometimes as we go through life, uh, because of persecution, uh, family opposition, things going against us, difficulties that is uh, coming on our way. Uh, I pray according to this text and I pray today God will 
give us that grace that we will have hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. We will know and we will be certain that God is going to come back for you, reward you. And with that, you know, you will, you will produce that type of perseverance. You will produce that type of endurance to keep on doing what is right. This is what I want to emphasize. Keep on doing what is right. Some of you are facing difficulties, opposition, because you are doing what is right and people are going against you. The thing is this, keep on doing what is right. Just like the picture, you know, be like that lighthouse. Stay there. Keep on doing what is right to guide people to Christ, to warn the ship that this is danger area. Keep on doing what is right. Summing up this whole verse, you know, Paul understood from Timothy, analyzed all this information and said, hey, these guys are authentic Christian believers because of their fruit. And he said they have the work of faith. They have the labor of love. They have the perseverance from hope in Jesus Christ. And I'm just saying this, that sometimes as believers, if we claim to have faith in Jesus Christ as Lord, but we are not motivated to work for His kingdom, for the extension of the gospel, then something is questionable. Today, I pray that you will search your heart and say, Lord, am I in this condition? And if you are not, praise the Lord. If a believer claim to have hope in Jesus Christ, to be in control of their life, and yet when disappointment, difficulties come along, they give up, then again it is questionable. If a believer claims to love Jesus and others, but while serving God's kingdom and it becomes uh, laborious, difficult, she or he backs off, then again, it is questionable. So the question for us, the challenge for us as we start this entire series in action, I'm not sure what's the theme, but it's all about in action. You know, it's the theme in action. Uh, something like this. Your pastor will up, update you. He's in a cruise uh, in action. So fun. We must have faith in God. We must have love for God. We must have our hope anchored in God. This morning, I have a very unusual uh, incident. Uh, I share with you and, and I go to the next point and I'm going to conclude fast. I have a very... Uh, I encountered something very um, unusual. I was going to church, uh, drop my family and then I came here while well, I'm driving to church and this this incident taught me about this really this preacher is really in action for God what happens is this that while I'm driving I'm about to park in the church pouch uh, car park lot and and someone come out and said stop stop pastor don't park don't park ambulance is coming so I said huh? ambulance is coming then I asked and said this preacher from the Chinese service uh he, I mean, ambulance is actually for him. He was like preaching, then uh, maybe heart attack. Why am I laughing? Uh, joy in the Lord. Uh, but it's very funny because I'm going to share with you. Uh, 
his preaching, he, I think he fainted and he got up and things like this. Then he said, I'm unwell, I need a chair. And with a chair, he wants to continue to preach. I was not in the service. The Chinese staff was updating me. So uh, uh, eventually the ambulance came and got him. And, and I thought, who was this Chinese preacher? And it happens to be someone that I know. Uh, so I know what's going on. But, but what's happening was this, in the whole episode, I, I asked the Chinese staff, so what sermon did he preach? Uh, because maybe it's object lesson for the Chinese congregation. You know, the, the preacher like faint during preaching. I, I don't think I will faint in that sense. Uh, and, and she was saying that she, uh, the topic is, uh, is something like Tian Long Ba Bu. For those that don't understand uh, uh, Chinese, uh, actually this title is like some fighting, fighting show, you know, whereby the, the, they learn some skill, different, different level. And she was joking, saying this, that uh, he only finished the fourth step, the, the remaining four, Tian Long Ba Bu got eight, eight steps, you see. So he finished the fourth step and then he collapsed. And then he came up. So I was like, wow, this maybe is teaching point. Huh? When we learn martial art, right, there's various difficulty and sometimes we will faint. I mean, you don't get the joke. But, but the whole episode is this. When he arrives from, from, from the fainting spell, he, he said this, well, how often, he told the congregation, how often do you see a preacher faint while preaching and come out and say to you that thank God God has not called me back home. And, and as I reflect on this, I say, hey, this guy, this person I know, actually he's displaying really that consistency in the Lord. I mean, there is such, uh, such a assurance, such character, uh, such quality in him that he's so assured that even when he died, he will be with the Lord. And, and while, he, uh, while he woke up from his fainting spell, uh, from the pulpit, he continued to preach. It is really a Christian in action. And I want to challenge all of us. I believe today God is saying to us that if we really want to be the disciple of Jesus Christ, there must be really authentic fruits that is coming out from us. And I believe the grace of God is here this afternoon to minister to us in that aspect. The second point I want to share with you very quickly is this, and I believe this is very important, is that the Thessalonian Christian demonstrate to us that in action means in action for the gospel. Demonstrate that Christians should be in action by their evangelistic fervor. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 5 to 10 reads this, For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power, the Holy Spirit, full of conviction, as you know what kind of man we prove to be among you for your sake. You also become imitator of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much tribulation with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonian and Acacia. For the word of the Lord has sounded forth from you, not only in Macedonia and Acacia, but also in every place your faith toward God has gone forth, 
so that we have no need to say anything, for they themselves report about us what kind of reception we had with you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve a living and true God, and to wait for His Son from heaven, whom He raised from the dead, that is Jesus who rescued us from the wrath to come. They have great fervor in evangelizing, in advancing the kingdom of God. In verse 8, they were praised for their evangelistic fervor, their effort. And it says this, For the word of the Lord has sounded forth from you, not only in Macedonia and Ecclesia, but also every place your faith towards God has gone forth. Thessalonian, uh, Thessalonica was a busy commercial seaport. Uh, there's a highway, uh, that, a trade road that connects to many cities passing it. So what happens is this, the Thessalonian Christian actually uses uh, trade, trade route, this highway to spread the gospel to all the city. Beside that, because it is along the trade road, a uh, very busy place, there's a lot of traffic coming into Thessalonica. And the Christian making use of all this traffic begin to share the gospel, begin to witness to the people that is passing through this city. As I begin to reflect on this, isn't it the same situation with Singapore? There's a lot of traffic. And my challenge, and I believe God is challenging all of us, is this, that as the traffic comes in, as the foreigners comes in, as, as the people that are not Singaporeans comes in, you know, we need to share the gospel to them. And as they catch that, that, that gospel, as they believe in the Lord, when they go back to their city, the gospel will continue to advance. We need to witness to the foreigners. And of course, we need to also minister to our local guide. And from this episode, we can see that they are really committed. They are zealous for the gospel. And Paul, using the word, the perfect tense in the Greek, sounded forth. And for your information, when perfect tense are being used, it always means continuous action. So what Paul is saying is that your witness for Jesus Christ, your evangelistic fervor is continuous. It's not just a one-time effect. It's not just a few days when you became a Christian, you become uh, very hot for God, you, you spread the good news, then after a year, your fervor becomes low, you are no longer hot for the Lord, and you don't spread the gospel anymore. What Paul is saying, the word has gone forth, sounded forth from you, means that your evangelistic fervor is continuous. Days, weeks, months, years, it has not stopped, it continued. And their faith was growing and also continuous. They are always in action. And that's a challenge for many of us, including myself, that when we witness for the Lord, as we touch people, as we share the gospel, it needs to be continuous. And if we want it to be continuous, our connection with our Lord Jesus Christ, that relationship needs to be continuous, needs to be abiding. When Paul wrote, it covers uh, all Macedonia and Acacia, it is a lot 
of territory. I was calculating maybe it's about the size of Thailand and Cambodia combined together. It is a lot of territory that the Thessalonian Christian has covered. My challenge for you is this that when we think about evangelism in Singapore and how well did we fare regarding this area? Uh, I'm not sure whether the church is emphasizing on 2015 whereby Singapore is going to enter into a year of jubilee. 20, 2015, when Singapore is entering into jubilee, there's some people that say that you know, it will be a time of great harvest. But I was, I was thinking about it. Before 2015 comes, there's a 2014. And I, I tell you, 2014 must be really a year of preparation. So that if 2015, when the harvest, great harvest is really coming, then the laborers will be ready for that harvest. We must get ourselves ready. One of the things that I... I thought about is this that you know there's many mistakes that the farmer make you know the farmer uh, he can make mistakes in in sowing the seed may make mistake in watering the crops or whatever but there's one mistake that the farmer doesn't make and that's that's the harvest he know that this is the time for harvest and he will make sure with all his mind and power to get all the laborers ready so that when that week when that period of time is open, whereby it's harvest time, he will release the laborers to go and reap the harvest. So I am really challenging all of us if we are really thinking about evangelism. And if it's really true that 2015, that's going to be a great harvest. 2014 must be a year that every one of us must be able to be prepared, to be able to share one-to-one, -one, that's able to close the deal, able to reap the harvest so that when the season of time is open, every one of us will be a great laborer for the Lord Jesus Christ as we imitate the Thessalonian. Turn to your neighbor and say that be a laborer for Jesus Christ. Come on. In conclusion, and many of you are awake now because it's conclusion. <laughs> In conclusion, this is really uh, what I want to say. You know, uh, the Thessalonians demonstrate how a Christian is supposed to be in action from the fruits that result from their faith, their love, their hope. They also demonstrate how a Christian is supposed to be in action by their evangelism, I ask in conclusion about this. Why is it sometimes they are so uh, on for the Lord, they are so in action for the Lord, whereas sometimes maybe the church that I come from, they are not so on, they are not so in action for the Lord. Why are the Thessalonians always in action, whereby sometimes when we look at our situation, the Christians seem so out of action. I believe that the answer is here and it's a good verse for us to meditate, to think about, to pray, and to ask the Lord to help us. Paul says, for our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power, in the Holy Spirit, 
and full of conviction. When the gospel came to them, they experienced the demonstration of power, probably referring to miracles, the preaching of the word, there's miracles, there's the intervention of God, there's signs from God, and they experienced the work of the Holy Spirit to convict them, to really assure them, to really challenge them. And they also experienced the full conviction of the messenger. They saw from the life of Paul and the companion and said, hey, this guy demonstrate to us how to live for the Lord. And they are so convinced, even they are persecuted, they continue to spread the good news, they continue to preach the Word of God, not like some other false preacher. Remember during that days, false preacher will always come to the congregation in the gathering and they will say some eloquent words, they will deliver a message and then they will ask for an offering to be uh, given to them. So Paul, remember in this scenario, Paul preaches the gospel. They, he faced even persecution and opposition and yet he said, I didn't take any sand from you. I work from my own hands. Whereas the false preacher, when opposition comes, what they do is simply this, bye-bye and go to the next town. So they see a difference between Paul and his companion and also those false teachers and say that, hey, you guys demonstrate to us how to live for the Lord and we are convinced and we imitate you. My prayer for Pasipanjang is this then. As you go through this series, may the Lord raise up a lot of examples, a lot of mentors that will show others how to live for the Lord so that together with the power of the Holy Spirit, with signs and wonders, testimony showing forth that God is working in your midst, that they will catch the vision and say, hey, this is real, God is real. And our gospel, our word to others, our evangelism will be continuous. This is my prayer for you. This is the last slide. And I promise you, no others. The reason why I show you this is this, that uh, recently I came back from Laos. And Laos is a persecuted place. Uh, families are affected. If you see on your left, is this picture of this brother. This is one of the church planters that we supported. What happens is this, that uh, in the area that he's, he's working in, is really heavily persecuted. And I was relating to him and also many other uh, pastors that we support them. Say, when they persecute you, what happens? And some of them, they say, this brother especially, this picture is taken from uh, 2010, okay? It's a testimony here. He said that when we become Christian, first of all, they kick us out of the village. No more living in this village. All your possession is confiscated. You cannot take with you anything, your plant, your animals, none of your possession. You are kicked out of the village. That's the persecution that they face. Then I say, yeah, that's okay. I mean, uh, to me, if I'm, I'm the parents, okay. But when he told me something, I was like, as a parent, I'm, I'm really very sad. He said that when we become Christian, our children cannot go to school anymore. So I said, oh. 
so you see the girl in white, she was stopped school. Uh, so I was like, well, I asked some of them, so how does your children feel, you know, because of your faith, they have to suffer. And, and they were responding, well, they, they, they have to pray, they have to ask God to give them grace, but that's part of the package of believing in Jesus Christ. And, and of course, I prayed with them. Um, I mean, they still have a lot of joy in the Lord. And because one person is willing to suffer, the rest of them say that, well, I'm persecuted, I'm persecuted. And they still stood for the Lord. And that area, the gospel is spreading very fast, a lot of miracles happening. And recently, when I went back about a month ago, uh, the picture on the other side. By the way, this pastor, you know, he used to live in um, just a garage, very small size garage, and that's his home. That was 20, 2010. Then recently, I went back, I was shocked, uh, and I show you the picture on your right, and it has extended. I mean, the garage extends to uh, a hairdressing shop, of which the daughter went to the capital, learned some trade, and come back to set up a shop and praise the Lord. And not only that, what happens was this, behind was the white building, and it's a very big building, it's a bungalow to me. And I said, wow, praise God, God has really blessed you. Of course, in my mind, I, I was thinking, hey, the money that I support you don't have so much. How, how can you build such a big house? But anyway, the Lord has blessed him. And I take it that the Lord really has blessed him because of, of the faith. And I heard testimony how the Lord has blessed them. Some of the relocation of the of the Christian being kicked out to another place. Actually, they relocated to a better place whereby it's the main road, there's traffic, there's business, and we praise the Lord for it in that sense. But I also want to bring us back to the ground. Sometimes when we suffer for the Lord, not everything will turn out better. That's part of the package. And Jews, I really want to speak to you. Sometimes you may hear good testimony, how they suffer, they have big house, they get better things. But sometimes it may not be true. But keep on doing right. And the response that needs to come out from all of us is this, that there must be joy in the Holy Spirit. And when we go through things, when there's joy, when people look at our, the way we respond, they say, hey, this is really an authentic Christian, authentic believers of Jesus Christ. Let's just pray. Lord, we come before you and thank you again for this study of First Thessalonians. We thank you for the faith, the lifestyle of the Thessalonian Christian. And I pray especially there's a special grace that will release upon all of us, even as we go through this series, that truly we will become a Christian 
in action and a, a, a real, authentic Christian that will be able to demonstrate the life of Jesus Christ through us. I pray especially for all of us that there will be this anointing to bear fruits in our life. I pray especially for those that are in examination of their faith life, their, their hope life, their love life in the Lord. Lord, I pray that you will speak to us today, challenge us as your believer that we need to exhibit the fruits that come with this quality, Lord. And I pray also for Pasipanjang Brethren Church, Lord, that once again that you will fan into frame, uh, flame greater and greater evangelistic uh, fervor in this church, Lord, that everyone will be ready to be that laborer for you when that season of harvest open up, Lord. That even, Lord, we want to thank you, even as we hear about testimony just now, that there are already people coming into your kingdom. We pray, let it be more, Lord. We pray, let there be more laborers ready for that harvest, Lord. And we pray also, Lord, you stir in us our life, Lord, that truly, as what the Thessalonians display, that we will have faith in action, Lord. We will have our love in action, Lord, that we will have our hope in action, Lord. So today, I want to commit every one of us onto your hand. You teach us and you lead us. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.